Hey everybody, it's JT. What is on your holiday meal shopping list? Well, I would suggest Painted Hills Natural Beef. It is some of the best beef in the world. And your friends and family will be thanking you for a long time if you serve Painted Hills Natural Beef for your holiday meals. And now you can buy it online just by going to PaintedHillsBeef.com. Use the code BBQNATION at checkout and save yourself 15% on your order. Give Painted Hills Natural Beef a place on your table this holiday season. It's time for Barbecue Nation with JT. So fire up your grill, light the charcoal, and get your smoker cooking. Now from the Turn It, Don't Burn It studios in Portland, here's JT. Hey everybody, welcome to the nation. That's Barbecue Nation. I'm JT. Along with my co-host, co-pilot, and co-conspirator, Leanne Whippen, along with Camaro Dave and Commander Chris, they're lurking about somewhere, and we're coming to you from the Turn It, Don't Burn It studios here in the Portland, Oregon area. We'd like to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef, Beef the Way Nature Intended. You can check them out online at PaintedHillsNaturalBeef.com. Well, if you're into competitive barbecue or just high-quality barbecue and high-quality barbecue equipment, you probably recognize this name, Old Hickory Pits. That's O-L-E. And um, we've got the founder here, David Knight, with us today. And what an honor it is to talk to David. David, welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much for the invitation. That's not... You know what? You forgot something. I didn't hear you say restaurants. My first Woodchicks restaurant, I had an Old Hickory in. There you go. Yeah, I had the big boy yeah. here in Florida, too. I, I've it's so, uh, yeah, restaurants, too, not just competitions. Right. 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 <laughs> That's my error. My bad. There. <laughs> so um, what was uh, let's get this out of the way first and we'll talk about all kinds of things about Old Hickory. But what was your inspiration to actually start this? I mean, you, you you just walk down the street one day and go, man, I'm going to make some really high-end uh, smokers and grills and stuff. And that was it? Or what prompted oh, you? Oh, no, no. That'd be way, way too simple. <laughs> <laughs> this actually started uh, when I was in the first grade. Um, uh, I grew up in a little town of Poplar Bluff in southeast Missouri and uh, went to Mark Twain School. And uh, lo and behold, I, I met a, a, a friend in first grade whose family had a barbecue restaurant. And so it was a regular stopping spot for me after school to go by the barbecue restaurant. I was always just mesmerized by the whole process and so forth. So then many, many years later, decided going into business. That's the business I decided to go into. Wow. Had you had any experience besides on the consumer side of things? With no, the- not really. Uh, but basically, just be hanging around uh, the restaurant as a child. But uh, the, we, uh, the the boy I got I met in the first grade, became a lifelong friend. And in fact, uh, he he just passed away a few years ago. But uh, he was uh, uh, not only a friend, but he was also a mentor uh, on barbecue. And his whole family, they were all very nice about sharing ideas and so forth. Wow. First grade, huh? Yes. Yeah, so that's, a, that's a, back then we still had the stone tablets, you know. Yeah. <laughs> little, little, little chisel action there. Oh, man, homework. You carry that stuff home, it'd be worn out. <laughs> well, that's that's kind of an interesting statement to me. And because 
um, and Leanne's been through this. If you do television shows and, and at the end of the competition or whatever you're doing, and they come up and some producer sticks a mic in your face and says, well, how, how does it feel? Or what does it mean to you to win the, uh, you know, the oven mitt competition in um, Belfouche or something? And, and they, and they want you to say, oh, it'd mean the world to me. But I, you're the one actual person I've heard that said I started in first grade and I believe you. So that's, <laughs> that's, a, that's a good thing. That's good. You know, I got some credibility here. You got some credibility. <laughs> so were you a success straight out of the gate? Well, um, I don't mean first grade in the stone tablets. I mean, okay. I mean which, <laughs> well, um, it, it, my, my first barbecue restaurant was a success. And, um, uh, yeah, so right out of the gate, I guess, uh, with some good, um, tutelage from my friends and a lot of hard work and so forth. Um, I opened a restaurant here in Cape Girardeau, Missouri, and it's right on the Mississippi river. It's they call Port Cape Girardeau. And, um, it, it's in a historic building. It was built back in the 1800s and, um, uh, so to put barbecue into it, I had to come up with a, a method and there was no technology whatsoever in 1974 when I opened that. Um, so my choice was to build a brick pit or use a barrel. And this was a beautiful building. It had three stories high and arch windows and made out of brick. And so uh, it was an easy choice to say, uh, I'll build a brick pit there. And so it was kind of a, um, a guess by guess and by golly kind of thing, uh, designing. And it had one really dangerous flaw. Uh, I had to put a, a damper in the uh, flue. It was three stories high. And so when you're cooking a lot of meat and it's going up an 18-inch diameter flue three stories high, it can really get out of a handle fast. And the third time the Cape Girardeau Fire Department came uh, <laughs> to put the restaurant out, it dawned on me that there probably should be a better way. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that started a long journey to uh, find out better ways of doing it. Well, but I think that experience, you know, cooking in a brick pit or whatever experience you had just besides eating barbecue probably uh -huh. helped you build that and i don't mean physically but mentally in your in your design in your mind i would think right yeah well you're lucky i mean to have your first restaurant as a success that's a tough gig yeah would, the, the odds generally about four to one uh on being a successful right out of the shoot yeah so it's, a, it's a risky business really uh, to start I've had a little bit of experience. Leanne's had a lot of experience in it. And um, I'll put it this way. I'm glad I do what I do these days and, and yes. I'm not in the restaurant business anymore. So what, when did you get into pit manufacturing then? Uh, that was uh, several years later. It, it evolved over a period of years and um, a lot of trial and error. Try this, try that. And eventually started making pits that people liked. And it uh, grew from there. Now, we had um, Meathead from Amazing Ribs on last week. He's a frequent uh -huh. con contributor to the show. And they have a, an article on the AmazingRibs.com website about not all stainless steel is the same. How did you 
go through the trial and error to to select what product and what grades and things that you use. Okay. Um, well, we're not, we're not getting too uh, far out into the weeds. Let me explain it. There, there are different gauges and different uh, types of stainless steel. But uh, for food service, generally 304 is, um, is okay. Now, we do use uh, 316L stainless steel for the ones that we put on the Carnival Cruise Line because they have to be marine grade stainless steel. Mm-hmm. That so it's uh, a really much more pricey product than the 304 stainless for, that we use on our, our, our other our regular pits for you know the non marine use. Yeah. yeah. Well, with the I have a little experience on, on the ocean, and uh, it can it it's hard on on any product marine, yes. marine areas. You know. Right. If you get in some of those big ships and you look around, it'd probably scare you to see how much rust and pitting there is sometimes. <laughs> but that's a good thing. Um, did you start out as just building a home product and then, um, you know, expand into more commercial or competition grade? No, it, is, it was uh, for, the, for the first 30 years, it was all commercial stuff. You know, basically what I was doing was trying to create for my own business. And uh, then it just happened to go from there that other people were having the same fire problem I was having and went on from there. I see a couple of hard hats in the back on your filing cabinet there. Is, is uh, that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, well, actually, uh, one of those is. Uh, for a casino that I built here in Cape Girardeau. Uh, back then it was the Isle of Capri and it's been sold uh, two, three times since now. And that's owned by Century Casino. Uh, it's just two blocks from the office here. But um, anyway, that's the hard hats. Uh, I get it. I get it. That's, I only have either cowboy hats or golf hats anymore. So, and I've, nev- <laughs> and I've never seen Leanne wear a hat. So. <laughs> I might be in the snow next week. <laughs> uh, <laughs> one of those uh, toboggan type hats. Yeah. Kansas City. I'll get her. I'll get her one of those uh, from grumpy old men, Walter Matthau hats with the little flaps on the ear. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think she would look good on that. Um, how have your uh, home units, if it, as it were, David, uh, we got a couple minutes left before we go to break here. How have they evolved? And I know that's probably a long story, but yes, get us started with that, and then we'll pick it up on the next segment too. All right. Yes, this, the uh, <clears throat> the small uh, it's, the, the challenge was to to get it in uh, a configuration that didn't take up too much room. So actually, <clears throat> I wound up spending many years to do it. I did it actually at the urging of a friend of mine who just passed away this last year, uh, Mike Mills. Mm-hmm. He kept saying, you're going to have to make a, a backyard model. You, 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 all these big pits, there's more backyards than there are restaurants. <laughs> and uh, honestly, it took it took longer to do that than anything. And uh, we've got a, a, a two w- ways that we do them. Uh, we have small ones that are 
like our big pits, have gas burners that, that fire the wood up to temperature automatically, or we have ones that are strictly uh, charcoal and wood fired and so forth. Basically, the same technology, just in different ways of starting the fire. Okay, we're going to talk about that. We're going to take a break here on Barbecue Nation. We're going to be back with David Knight, the founder of OLE, that's O-L-E, Hickory Pits. And um, I'm when you talk about me, I'm O-L-D on that. So Leanne and I and David will be back right after this. Stay with us. Hey everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Barbecue Nation on the USA Radio Networks. I'm JT, along with our cover girl, Leanne Whippet. That's Good girl. Nice job. Thank you. Nice job. Did David, if you're really nice, maybe I can get her to autograph the cover of, <laughs> of uh barbecue news and send you yeah, that. that Wonderful. <laughs> yes, that that was really she was on the cover of that magazine this month. Yeah. yeah this uh, uh if you want to email us just go to barbecue nation jt.com and you can email us for our facebook twitter and all that we have the show accounts and then leanne and i have separate accounts and so you can find us out there so i wanted you to explain the uh convecture technology to us in a in an overview you don't have to get down to the minutiae but what does that mean and how did you come up with it okay uh the the answer to the second question first, uh, it came up the same way we do everything, trial and error, uh, what worked and so forth and not. So um, uh, basically what it's all about is moving the heat and smoke in a way that continually is recycled and that, or at least uh, spends as much time in the cooking chamber as possible without being drawn out through the flues. And so it's a, a, a fine tuning of airflow and motion and that to um, and, of course, separating the fire from the meat so that it doesn't uh, catch on fire. Does it go in a and this is just really a question for me, I guess, but uh, does the from the heat source. Does it then go in a clockwise or a counterclockwise? And is there a fan to push it out or how does that work? Uh, uh, all of those are yeses. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, it does go, go in a clockwise and counterclockwise. And uh, so just to draw you a picture, imagine, if you will, the, the firebox underneath the um, uh, where the meat is, you know, the, the cooking chamber. Sure. But it's separated with uh, baffles and insulation, so forth, so that it, it doesn't wind up catching on fire like the uh, the old styles used to. So then the heat comes up the back of it, and then comes up to a curved top, and that helps uh, keep the 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 pattern of airflow in, in a manageable sense. So then it comes up the back across the top, 
and then down inside the cooking chamber uh, in the front by the doors and then fans and power surge it or boost it, if you will, to accelerate it and keep it move in this uh, circular direction. Okay. So when you were creating this, how many, I don't know what you used as a test product, whether it was racks of ribs or a pork butt or just a, you know, a little piece of meat or whatever, but how much of how many, whatever you use for a test product, how many of those did you kind of burn up before you got it? (laughs) Well, I'm going to be honest with you and and tell you not very many. Good. Because by that time, uh, I knew that we had to have the temperature, uh, even temperature. And then as Leanne can tell you, it's all about low and slow. Right. Barbecue is a, a slow process and it's not like grilling where the meat's directly over the heat source right and so forth so um it was more just fine-tuning the the air flows and so forth but not to the point where we were burning up uh meat uh what's the difference between your technology and convection because it sounds like it's kind of the same yes uh the convection is a generic term meaning that it is moving air so the similarity is that mine moves it, uh, moves the air, the heat, and the smoke, but it does it in in a unique way, because okay. it's for barbecue and the fact that we're lo- using live fire, but yet controlling it and, and making sure that the the heat and smoke is evenly distributed inside the, the cooking chamber. Well, I have a challenge for you. Um... Because it seems like you're up on technology. I want to know if you're going to make the first self-cleaning barbecue pit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes. Yeah, you can be my first customer. (laughs) (laughs) It was always the challenge at the restaurant was taking the racks out, you know, and washing them. And, you know, the way you design your pit, it makes it very easy to get the grease out of the bottom. But still... Uh, self-cleaning would be a nice feature. <laughs> sure enough. Well, but I, you're, you're first on my list to call when we get to oh, Okay. <laughs> I, I, have a, I have a suggestion for you. And I've actually said this many times on the show, but I don't think I've said it since you joined Leanne was. Um, now, I don't know how it is in Florida. I assume it's the same way. I've seen these in Missouri because I've been to Missouri quite a few times. I take the racks out. And I take them down to the self car wash and hang them on the mat rack and blow them off there. It works uh-huh. really well. And so for a buck and a half or two bucks, you don't have to clean up the grease in your own patio or backyard or restaurant. Just a little pro tip there. Yeah, so, that is a good, a, an excellent way to do it. Uh, if, yeah. if you have access to that. Yeah, it yeah. Work, works out really well. Leanne, when, what was your experience like in using old Hickory's? Well, it was my first restaurant and I, and I remember it vividly. I got an ELEDX, which um, is equivalent to like a Southern Pride 500. So it wasn't the largest one. It wasn't the smallest, but um, I needed it to be adequate enough to service the restaurant. And what I did was I faced it through the wall. So it was actually outside and I, you know, I was able to retain the square footage inside the building, which worked out great. But as David was saying about, you know, 
the smoke and how you vented out. I happened to be in a small mini mall and I had to build a, um, a stack outside um, because every city is different on their requirements. And it had to be built so that it um, had a fan and it went outside the roof line. So it was very tall. And I thought it was going to affect the, the, the heat in the cooker, but it didn't. It actually worked out, you know, just fine. You know, from end to end to the center, if you set, you know, thermometers across those racks, you're going to find that the temperature is consistent. And then it goes in racks that go in a circular motion. So it's constantly moving the meat. And it's just, uh, it's a miracle. There you go. <laughs> well, speaking of miracles, we're going to take another break. Uh and we'll be right back on Barbecue Nation with Leanne and David Knight from uh, Old Hickory Pits and uh, myself, who I'm just here today. Anyway, we'll be right back. If you're enjoying GT and his show, come check out my podcast, Around the House with Eric G, where we talk home improvement and design right here where you catch this podcast. Head to AroundTheHouseOnline.com. Welcome back to Barbecue Nation. I'm JT, uh, and we're visiting with David Knight from the uh, founder and uh, mastermind behind Old Hickory Pits. We'd like to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef, you can be proud to serve your family and friends and also Gunter Wilhelm Knives. Great knives, great balance at a reasonable price. Very efficient in the kitchen. That's Gunter Wilhelm Knives. Find out more at GunterWilhelm.com. So, David, how are your barbecue skills? Well, <laughs> uh Let's see, how shall I answer, address this? I guess so. There must be okay. I'm in the Barbecue Hall of Fame. Uh, <laughs> ask me a question or something. I, okay. I, I don't know where you want to go with this. Well, let, let's put it this way. When you were a kid and you were hanging around a barbecue store with your buddy from first grade. Yes, sir. Did they teach you not just about how good the food was? Because I think that's what probably drew you to it was yes. hanging, around, hanging around there with the food. But sure. did they, but did they um, kind of teach you, give you pointers? Did they uh, say, like, we make this by doing X, Y, and Z to this rack of ribs or whatever yes. it was? How did that yeah. come about? Yes, because uh, there are some uh, eccentricities to fixing and preparing barbecue. For example, the... Um, Ribs, for example, they have a, a. They need to be dressed. You know, really try to scrape the the globs of fat that kind of packs over there. And then on on the inside of of the uh, rib cavity, it's kind of curved like that. And the inside curve there, there's a uh, membrane that you have to remove, and right. it, it's called a peritoneum. And you uh, very carefully get a hold of that, and you can pull it out just like you're skinning a rabbit, and then throw that away, and then trim it up. And Boston butts, uh, a lot of people like to trim a little fat off of them before they uh, do it. And same thing with brisket. And then there's some people like to leave it on there, saying that that's going to give it more flavor. So um, there's a lot of regional eccentricities that go into it. Leanne brought this up in the last segment when she was talking about using um, old hickory pits. How easy is it to clean? I mean, literally, I've been in barbecue stores. Now, this, yes. these are for much smaller individual patio style units. Yes. 
I've noticed this very few times will the, if you will, the husband ask about how tough is it to clean? His wife will ask because she knows the first time she looks out there and sees a fire on the deck uh, coming out of the smoker or whatever they bought. And she will turn around and ask the husband if she's cleaned it. Now I've made a joke out of that, but it's actually kind of true. So how easy is it to clean? Okay, the, there's a, a lot of things that you can do, and Leanne kind of mentioned some of them, one of which is, as she said, using a power washer. Mm-hmm. If you ha- have a um, commercial pit, a big one, and you're cooking hundreds of pounds of meat a day, you're going to create some some uh, grease and, and crust in, on the racks. And so your best friend is a power washer. And then also... <clears throat> Uh, some people even like to take them out and let them soak overnight when, and use uh, uh, some degreaser and let it rest all, all night long. And then it really comes off easily. So um, there's d- different methods and so forth. But a lot of it is, is power washing uh, is a, a big help. Is there, a, <clears throat> excuse me for my lack of knowledge, but is there an actual uh, grease catch? outside the unit uh hanging down or something or a, it's basically a drain uh and and typically it'll be on one side or the other of the pit and then it has a uh, <clears throat> off and on valve so that when you <clears throat> when you're cooking you leave it closed and then when you're ready to clean the pit you open the valve and drain the grease out into a bucket uh, and then um, then you can start your cleaning process and then drain all the water and soap and all that out. There you go. It works for me. Did you do that, Leanne, or did you have somebody do it for you? Oh, no. I'm, I'm very uh, well aware of what goes into it. Um, one mistake that people make is um, that they let the grease out, say at nighttime, and they go, they start the cooker the next day or whatever, and they forget to close it. So reminder, keep the bucket under there always. Yeah, <laughs> good idea. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I, guilty. Uh, <clears throat> not on an old hickory, but on some other ones that I've had. I've Or another pro tip, folks, if you've got a smaller unit at home, uh, you got to empty the bucket once in a while, too. <laughs> That's true. Because <laughs> if you don't. Another thing you should do is get a recycle bin to recycle your grease. So you can put it in the back of your restaurant or, you know, and you just dump the grease in there and then it gets recycled and you actually get paid a whopping penny or two per gallon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I cheat. I use it on my burn pile. We, we can still burn here. So I have <laughs> with all my uh, shrubs and stuff, I usually have a big pile uh it's over on one side of the property and I go over there and I'll pour it on there when things are a little damp in the spring, you know, that helps them get going. I'll just put it that way. You can, you can fill in the blanks for yourself. Um, were you met with any resistance at all? I mean, when you came out with these, David, the commercial ones I could see were, were restaurateurs and stuff were going, wow, that's really cool. But when you started doing uh, the home version, so to speak, they're spendy. I'm sure I didn't look at the pricing, but they're spendy, but also 
you know, people were used to half barrels and, and cutting them and, and putting racks on them and creating their own smokers and all that kind of stuff. Did, yes. did you run into immediate acceptance or uh, a little bit of, wow, I don't know. Well, I, that's interesting that you asked that because I was very fortunate to have a friend that was in the competition world. Uh, his name is Doug File. He lived down in uh, Tennessee uh, or, or Mississippi. But at, at any rate, he traveled the competition uh, circuit. And he said, hey, can I, uh, that, that looks pretty snazzy. He was up to the factory here visiting. He said, can I try that out at the competition? Uh, and I said, sure. And so he took it. Uh, he had a trailer and headed off. And he called me up. And he said, hey, it works pretty good. I won. And can I keep it a while? And so he kept it that season. And um, as they say, the rest is history. Yeah. Yeah. I Well, you know, there's nothing quite beats success. Yeah, it's, it's, it, it is. But and it's been these pits, um, for example, if you'll take uh, the big contests like the Kansas City Royal and Memphis in May, uh, you see them there and, and the people have had wonderful uh, luck with them uh, or success over the years with them. And um, there's one model, you know, in country music, they got a saying, if you're going to go to Texas, you got to have a fiddle in the band. Right. But if you're going to go to t Memphis, Tennessee, to the, the, to the big barbecue contest down there, and you're going to be cooking in the whole hog category, you better have an old hickory pit double wide. <laughs> <laughs> how many, how many different uh, selections do you have? I looked at your website last night, but I didn't go through product by product yes. by product. Do you have, do you have everything from, well, I know you've got them from the home version to play the game up to yes. a big, but do you also, how many of those do you have? And do you ever custom make them for people? We do. Uh, we have um, oh, about six big models, basic models. Now these have variations and it winds up being like 30 models or whatever, but, sure. um, but, but the basic floor plan about six big models and different in size. And then the small ones there is about three and uh, four, four sizes and the small ones and that varying in size and so forth. So the, the one, um, the, the biggest one we make is, um, called Hogzilla. It's, uh, <laughs> in fact, we, I don't know if you've ever seen a Hogzilla, uh, mm -hmm. the end, but, uh, it, you can park a Volkswagen inside of it. And, um, yeah, it's big. Uh, it'll hold a couple thousand pounds of meat at one load. And that, and then the smallest one would be about 40 pounds. So anything from the, that to that. Did you find that your sales went up during COVID? Yes, ma'am. That's good. Good for you. But I guess you couldn't get them made, right? What? <laughs> You could take the orders, but you couldn't make them because you couldn't get them. Well, fortunately, fortunately, um, being the eternal optimist I am and not knowing that the, the pandemic was coming or whatever, we we took all that winter before everybody got sick and everything went to heck. 
and that we were just building bits as fast as we can and said, well, it's not fresh produce. It's not going to spoil, <laughs> you know, let's, let's see what. And so, um, lo and behold, when um, we were under a, a mandate at one point, they actually stopped us from manufacturing um, for a brief while. But um, then, uh, but we were able to reopen because we do uh, a lot of work with, um, oh, the emergency um, people that, that feed people in emergencies. Uh, and uh, Operation like Operation Barbecue Relief and all that. Yeah, that's uh, one of them. We, we sponsor that one. Um, that, that's when we helped start about, oh, 10 years ago. That's been a, a, quite a phenomenon itself there. You got these wonderful people that donate their time and energy to come and, and cook and feed people that don't even know mm-hmm. it's pretty amazing uh, we've fed over 10 million meals wow uh we're going to take a break we're going to be back with david knight from old hickory pits and miss leanne our own cover girl right after this on barbecue nation Hey everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Barbecue Nation. I'm JT along with Leanne Whippen, and we're talking with David Knight today, who is the founder, creator, and head Mahu at uh, Old Hickory Pits. Um, must be quite a life, David, that you, you've created this and you've done it and you've been very successful at it. Um, any changes that you, in hindsight, that you would make? Oh, um, Hindsight's always twenty twenty, so it's kind of hate to second guess myself. But you're right; the barbecue world is a fascinating world to be in, and Leanne can attest to that as well. Because um, there's so many opportunities to travel, to go to barbecue contests, go to um, uh, barbecue restaurants, and see what the rest of the world is doing. So it's it's really um, a wonderful group of people all out there trying to, to barbecue at their best. And do you ever go to the competitions? Oh, yeah. Hang, I've, hang out with con- you. I've judged. I've gone to contests and um, all that. We we don't uh, compete, but we kind of help uh, provide equipment sometimes to people that, that need help. And um, that, uh, yeah, we go. I always go to... Um, uh, the, the uh, Memphis and May and also the Kansas City Royal. And that, 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 those are annual, gotta, gotta be theirs. Yeah. I don't know if you remember this, but I was at the Royal competing, I don't know, a long time ago. And we ordered our meat to be delivered to our sites. And I ended up getting boneless pork butts and you came along and I was having a hissy fit. I'm like, I have to have bone in pork butts. You actually, I don't know if you remember this, but you went out and you got me bone in pork butts and brought them to my site. (laughs) And that's a logistical nightmare, you know, at the the Royal, because you know how widespread. Uh, I don't know if you remember that, but I vividly remember that. And you saved the day and you got. Oh, that's that's so sweet. (laughs) Thank you. That Uh 
that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty cool, pretty cool story. <laughs> what do you have on the horizon, David? What What are you looking for now? Are you designing new things? Well, the the first thing is to get that uh, that pit that cleans itself. Yeah, <laughs> that's number one. <laughs> no, no, we uh, are in constant pursuit of uh, new avenues of getting a better product to the customers. Our our theme is to let us help you barbecue at your best. Yeah. So we got our ears attuned to what people are cooking, uh, how they want to cook it. Do they want to do it faster, slower? Do they want more smoke, less smoke? Just really kind of keep your, they say if you keep your ear to the ground and your nose to the grindstone and your best foot forward, your odds are you can't even go to work, just can't move. Yeah, so that's true. You got to keep all those things going at once. I was going to say you get a dirty ear, a bloody nose and a club foot doing that. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> but we do, we do try to try to uh, constantly uh, improve and seek out the opportunities for uh, doing some new stuff. Right. Right. Um, in overall, and this is a question we ask most of our guests is the progression of the barbecue, especially the competitive barbecue world. Do you, are you happy with it or do you think we should do something different or just give us your overview real quick? Okay. You mean as far as uh, the, the rules, the, yeah, the uh, rules, the competitions, the, uh, you know, we have, we have people on here that I would say, and I think Leanne would agree with me, push the envelope as far as the, the finished product they're pushing out. And then you've got other people that have been around a little longer saying, man, it's, it's, it's too much. We need, it's like in golf. They always want to roll back the golf ball because the golf current golf balls fly so far. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, and it's like that in in most competitions. There's always a few naysayers, but overall, what's your take on barbecue competition these days? I think I think it's it's um, it's pretty good shape, honestly. If you look at it, um, there there's uh, the two biggest sanctioning organizations is the MBN, which is Memphis, and then the KCBS, which is Kansas City, and then. We also have many, many state uh, um, uh, organizations that have their own rules, and even cities. For example, in St. Louis, the St. Louis Barbecue uh, Organization. So, from my perspective, I, th- I think there's enough diversity of opportunity. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, if you don't like this show, go to the other one, and um, it gives uh, a variety of a variety of items to cook, you know, you ribs and beef and pork and uh, uh, even uh, some of them do anything but uh, beef or pork. And as a, as a kind of an odd uh, extra uh, product. Yeah. To cook. So I think, I think there's a good balance in that. And uh, I, I, I would, I couldn't come up and think of a critical thing I could say about it. That's refreshing actually <laughs> well you, you know the 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 winners tell jokes and the losers say deal damn it deal yeah <laughs> that that is true uh david is there anything in barbecue that you have not done that you want to do yet whoa um 
honestly, not off the top of my head. I, I mean, um, I've pretty well seen a lot of stuff. Give me a week or two. Here. Okay. All right. Do you sell your uh, pits internationally? Oh, my gosh, yes. Yeah, we, we got them all over the world. And um, so now that's a fun thing, too, is to, to see your equipment in a foreign country. Mm-hmm. That. And uh, so I, I don't get to travel uh, internationally near as much as my son, Alex. He, he does a lot of our international stuff. But uh, anyway, we have pits in, in all of the continents and so forth. And, you know, it's interesting uh, in the foreign countries, I, I, I liken it to what uh, in the United States, let's say 50 years ago, where pizza was back, you know, pizza at one time was not on every street corner, not in the filling stations, not this, that, the other and so forth. But now it's a mainstay and, and so forth. Barbecue is following that same kind of, uh, evolutionary process to have at one time been that one place in town um, uh, kind of off the beaten path to now that's mainstream uh, gets credit in the magazines and and all of the uh, accolades go to a barbecue that it, it should so uh, we're going to get out of here David's going to stick around for after hours but uh, we've been talking to uh, David Knight from uh, Old Hickory Pits and um, fascinating story with David and like I said he's going to be on the after hours segment so you'll want to track that down on the web but David thank you for being well, thank you so much for the invitation yeah you're most welcome you um, see you Leanne you too it's been a long time <laughs> Leanne and I will be back next week with another edition of Barbecue Nation. And remember our motto here, folks, turn it, don't burn it. Take care, everybody. (laughs) Barbecue Nation is produced by JTSD LLC Productions in association with Envision Networks and Salem Media Group. All rights reserved.